Welcome everyone, welcome to uh, Review Yourself. Uh, Sarah joins me from Weird Horizon. Welcome Hello. Sarah. Hello, back again. Back again to do <laughs> yet another uh, very, very, very dark film. But do you know what, I'll admit this right off the bat, I don't think I'd actually seen this film. Like, do you ever, stick with me for a minute, do, do you ever have this happen where I think I've seen like half the film and some clips and my brain went, oh yeah, you've seen it. You've definitely seen it. Because I've recommended this film to a lot of people. And I watched <laughs> it thinking, I remember this bit. I remember this bit. I remember this bit. <laughs> like, I don't actually think I've seen it all the way through. So it was a pleasant surprise, but I'm glad that my brain made up the fact that it's good. So I was quite happy with that. Um, yeah, do you know what I mean? If you ever read that, or am I just I can't it? say I have, but I am I'm one of those people where like a film has to be really, really bad for me to not finish it. So if I start a film as unless it is like appalling, uh-huh. I'm gonna finish it. So in general, there's not many films that I've only seen like half of. Yeah. Except for ones that have like put me to sleep and that is that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say that, but wait till you try and watch reminiscence. Jesus. Um <laughs> I kept seeing that going up on streaming. I was like because <sighs> I was like when I was dog sitting recently, I had a lot of time just to sit in the evenings and watch stuff and I kept seeing reminiscence and every time just like your just anger about this film. <laughs> I was like, if that's not a, it was a very good warning, honestly. Every time I'd see it, I'd be like, no, if you no. hate it that much, I'm honestly, not gonna enjoy it. You wouldn't enjoy it, like, like I've like I said, like I said to friends, you know, people in real life, in real life, people like I know in real, you know what I mean, people I know, yeah. know, um, and see, like I say to them, like, honestly, there's two things I recommend food and films, and I take neither of them serious, I take both of them seriously. So, like, if I say to someone, please don't watch this. Like, like, please, like, I know you, but you know, give it a chance. Seriously, do not. Yeah. Like, when I go, no, just don't do it to yourself. Like, please don't do it to yourself. Uh, I'm, I mean it. Um, yeah, because yeah. I feel you're very good at going. Like, okay, I can see how someone might get value out of this. Maybe it's not quite for me, but you know, there's something to get from it. So if you're truly like, don't watch it. There is, there is nothing to glean from this. I believe oh, you. See, I mean. More with that one is like they. Ha- I mean, it does feel like a ripoff of Inception, and The Matrix, and a few other films. It's just not original. But there's a chance. There's a chance they've got um, they've got Rebecca Ferguson in it, who's marvelous. The more I see her, and the more I like her, the more I'm impressed. You've got Hugh Jackman. You know the set design's good, the world building's good, but then it's just so preachy and long and boring and sanctimonious, and you're just like, this is just disgraceful. And it treats you like an idiot. And I'm. I get more annoyed yeah. at films like that, where there's a gem of like you've got good actors, you've got good sets, you've got you know you've got an opportunity to make a decent film, and that's what you give us, and you're proud of that. So that's what I know. Like when there's a gem of something good in there, and it's just completely like lost in all this horrificness. Speaking of horrificness, um, Sarah and I continue our Handbrake series. So first there was Afterlife. <laughs> now we're reviewing Brightburn. Um, so the, uh, the, I thought this was, honestly, when I said this to, oh God, I recommended it to somebody at work, I think. And I said, oh yeah, it's like 2011, 2012. Oh no, no, it's 2019. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know the yeah. last few years. 
like 20. But I thought, God, it really kind of wasn't, um, was really quite recent. So I've taken the bl the blurb from sonypictures.com. So, quote, what if a child from another world crash landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister? With Brightburn, the visionary filmmaker of Guardians of the Galaxy and Slither, seen neither of them yet, um, presents a startling, subversive take on a radical new genre, superhero horror. Mm. Fair? Yeah, that's a good... The horror is... I didn't expect it to be quite so horror focused because it really is more of a horror than it is like a a dark superhero thing and I didn't expect that and I love horror and I know why you recommended it because there's so many horrible gooey injury deaths in this that you're like Sarah like that and you're correct I really did <laughs> I mean it really does kind of creep up on your though doesn't it I mean mm -hmm. we start off I mean and also can I just say before we kick right into it for anyone listening a few times I've I've moaned on I know you're shocked about 90 minute films like you know that the, there can be a good story told in 90 minutes. This is the kind of film I point to and say there you go. Mm. Like yeah, I know some people might be like, oh well, the characters don't get developed and blah blah blah. Well, I don't care. I don't want the sheriff's backstory. I want to see him get splattered across the lawn. I don't care. But you know, he puts two and two together. I don't need you know what he had for his tea. I just want to get on with it. Um. So I mean, anyway. So it starts off with the Briar residence. Uh, there's like infertility books on the on the shelves in plain view, so they're clearly not bothered about visitors. But I mean, not that they should be. But I mean, it's it's. I mean, surely you'd have those books in the bedroom somewhere. But um, be clear. I, I don't mean that to sound judgmental. I feel like it comes across judgmental. It shouldn't. Um, because I, I, you know, God bless people who have you've that. Already, that. oh my God, you've already put your foot in it. Just straight I know, out I'm the absolutely gate. Come off in it. Straight <laughs> out the gate. Um. Uh, they're clearly trying for a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although after you watch this film, it might have been better had he not landed at all. So dear me. Um, Tori is played by Elizabeth. Tori is played by Elizabeth Banks. Kyle by David Denham, who I've not seen in a lot, but I quite I thought he was really good. I, I enjoyed his performance and hers as well. But I think sometimes in films like this, the the mam performance overtakes the film, and the mm. dad just becomes like in the background looking a bit shocked but in this i feel like that you know he had a good bit of character to him as well i mean did you did you think that or, or no not? i i yeah i really liked him actually i feel like like i said parents in films can like i said you they can really caricature and you get one that's the like serious no nonsense one and then you've got like the emotional one and one's very reactive and the other one's like it's this constant battle but like one, it's an actual like partnership of people that you could see why they are actually together and they seem to like each other. <laughs> that's nice. I, that sounds weird, but like you don't get that a lot of the time with with families in in things like this, where families yeah. are like put under stress. I feel like it can be hard to to understand why they're even together in the first place. Um, but like I said, I think they're really believable couple and like I said I don't think I recognize the dad from anything but it was a really good believable character in that like, like I said you could tell that they clearly truly were wanting a kid there wasn't any like forced tension between like oh one of them wanted a kid one of them didn't and they accepted him as their own child up until shit starts going wrong and I really like that. I feel like, like you said, they could have put in 
pointless tension and they could have tried to make the characters nuanced to the point that yeah. it starts to like make the story suffer but it's like their motivations are very clear from the get-go and they're believable and they actually act like parents which yeah no i really like both of their both their performances yeah. and both the characters honestly yeah it's like refreshing isn't it because i I think sometimes it, it, it would have been very, very easy to have this as like a two hour long film or an hour 45 with like padding scenes where the mom goes to therapy or the dad mm -hmm. goes to the bar and kind of like trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but this film, it feels like it had somebody directing it who kind of, and to be fair, I can't find anything about the guy who directed it, but like there's no Wikipedia page or anything. Um, I do my research well. Uh, I think it feels like they, they, they had somebody at the helm who was just like, yeah, we don't have time for that shit. Like, no, we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't like it feels very streamlined in the best possible way. And I, I will accept that if a story is good enough, I don't need to know the ins and outs of a fat to know, right, okay, they're together, they wanted a kid, now they've got one, you know. And I like the way it went about things. So, like mm -hmm. the introduction, the the you know, they're there, they want a baby, they're clearly kind of struggling, but they, you know, they still love each other and they're hoping, you know, this this time. And an asteroid crashes. There's like flames in the fields, and then it just cuts straight to baby videos of the kid growing up, uh, the little boy growing up. Uh, the soundtrack is quite ominous. Uh, I wasn't sure who did, who did the soundtrack, but it's Timothy Williams who did Deadpool two, Guardians of the Galaxy one and two, and also Get Out. So he's done some oh. decent stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, it skips forward ten years later. We meet Brandon, played by Jackson A. Dunn who does a good, a really good job because, as we know, films can really suffer if they're, mm -hmm. like, not all the time, but more often than not, when it's a kid who has to carry a film, especially like this, if that kid's not very good, no offence, the film really <sighs> suffers for it because there's, like, you can't hide behind anything. Um, how, how, what did you think of uh, Jackson's performance? No, yeah, honestly... Like I said, very strong, especially for a film like this where he's basically playing two very different characters. You know, he's got Brandon, the, like, 12-year-old kid who's just terrified and doesn't really know what's going on. And then, you know, like, the, the character of him that sort of takes over when he's, is like, most murderous and, like, genuinely quite scary, like it's quite impressive to see someone who's clearly very young but like the so much of the threat is just portrayed by like looks basically and just yeah. that contrast between him like kid and then obviously something much more when he realizes what he is and he's clearly you know superhuman but like it's a really really good performance and like I said it could have really fall, fallen down on that and they would have had to just rely on you know the effects and the death scenes and stuff, which are all really really good but like his actual portrayal is like really quite good at being a creepy kid but without being like Cliched. you know when they do creepy kid yeah and it's like yeah. creepy baby voice but saying spooky things fucking hate that but it, yeah. none of that it's just like i'm gonna overtly threaten you and it's gonna be actually quite good yeah and they're all like oh your uncle died last night okay I'll just continue eating my cornflakes. Couldn't give a shit. <laughs> like, I'd really like, and he was just like so cold. Or, and I just, I really appreciated that. Uh, of course, you know, you can't get too far into, into just talking about this film before you get to Superman because it essentially is 
the origin story of Superman, but what if Superman was bad? And it sounds, well, it's a hell of an idea. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of, you know, could they get the rights, is that and the other? I think that people know what it is, but I don't think it suffers for it. Um, yeah. I think, do they call him Brandon because of Brandon Ruth from Superman, uh, who portrayed Superman in Superman Returns? I don't know, but if they did, it's quite a nice uh, shout out. It's set in Kansas, uh, Brightburn, Kansas, uh, where Kal-El grew up in, in the comics and everything. So I suppose that's quite a nice shout out. He's called Brandon. Uh, sorry. Is it Brandon? Or Br- it's, I've got it wrong. Brandon. Yeah. Sorry, Brandon, I've wrote, yeah. yeah I, I knew, but I've wrote Brandon for one reason. Anyway, it's <laughs> Brandon Breer, um, which is very like Stanley used to do his comics, like Peter Parker, Miles Morales, J. Jonah Jameson, etc., etc. Um, and I, I really, really appreciate that. And it was nice to see the interactions between like him and his mom, you know, that hide and seek whistle game. And then there's like little ominous bits at the start, like the dad's like, hey, son, you know the rules in the barn. Like there's nails and shit in there and stuff like that. And you think, oh, yeah, he's just trying to watch out for him. But then as it becomes later into it, you kind of think, oh, OK, this is this is something a bit different. Um, and then we see Brent, uh, Brandon, I've done it again, Brandon in school. And uh, every time, and they're talking about wasps and bees in class, and they look similar. And I think it's not like, oh my God, groundbreaking or anything, but I think it's clearly uh, an insight into, you know, is this something that's quite benign, like a bee, or is this a predator, like a wasp? And it turns out he's he's he's, he's a hell of a wasp. And he because he talks about this one wasp species, this brood parasite that they lost the ability to make nests. So they use brute force to make other wasp species raise their young, which essentially could be him. We don't know who sent him. We don't have a clue. Um, did he get sent on the head to decimate the planet first? We don't know. We... It's quite dark to think about. It's But it gets darker, don't worry. <laughs> it really it's a does. good open ending, though, because like you said, that's kind of that's kind of where it ends, not to skip ahead too much, but like mm-hmm. you see the very immediate you know, what happens to the town and his family in order to, for him to kind of come to terms of who he is and everything. But like I said, the ending in terms of, you know, how malevolent is this? What, Where does it end? You know, is this going to end in like just a town thing or is it like a world thing or are there more people coming? I like how it kind of ended there and then left some of it up to the imagination because... Yeah. You know, I like how focused it was. I said we we've talked about this before, but I like I like films that have like a fairly narrow scope in like mm. you're only gonna get a little snapshot of something. You don't need to see everything in order for it to have like an interesting payoff. Like with life, you know, again, yeah. shortish film gets right to the chase. You it leans on a lot of the like conventions of the genre so it can use that and the shorthand to not have to fucking retread the same ground and then it leaves with an ending of just like you know we're not gonna show you exactly how it goes Mm. you figure it out you know based on how this film's going and the themes and what we've given you you figure it out and like i think they're quite similar films in that way um i like it that's how i like my films i like him like i said small focus just the family and the immediate surroundings and that little snapshot and then yeah imagining i don't do they is there going to be another 
I am not That's sure. I've seen rumours. I've seen rumours, but I don't, don't think there's anything confirmed, to be honest. Um, there wouldn't really be any need to, but I do wonder. Well, it did well enough. To, I don't think it did well enough in terms of money to like warrant, like because it was like the budget was like according to the uh, like six to twelve million US dollars, uh, and the box office was like thirty two point nine million. So it doesn't do amazingly well. I don't think it does well enough. So they'd be like, oh my god, let's let's make another one. It came out at such an awkward time, though, didn't it? <laughs> oh well, yeah, exactly. Um, but apparently, um, they, they've spoken uh, well back in 2019 about um, about seeing like um, about seeing a continuation. Like the kid, uh, probably wasn't a kid, but Jackson A. Dunn talked about uh, he'd be interested in reprising his role. I have an awful feeling, though, given what's gone on in the last couple of years, that that situation is probably put paid to any future plans because I think sometimes if a film doesn't come doesn't get commissioned and get get running straight away, very rarely does it come along later. And if it does yeah. come along later, like your Dumb and Dumbers, like your you know your uh, your Zombieland twos, they're too far gone, they're, they're too far down the line, and people don't people aren't bothered, and you can't yeah. can't capture the magic at that point. But yeah, I did I did um, I did, I did like you were saying about um, you know. I would sum it up in for once uh, succinctly because I usually ramble on. Do do it simply and do it well. Like I'm the same. I like a film that that does something simple and then does it really well because I think sometimes films can like they try to do too much, too many characters. You know, I know this is a really random. Actually, no, it's not given what we just watched, but it's a bit like the first Saw film. Very, you know, there's a few flashbacks, mm-hmm. but it's very a you know a to z. It knows where it's going. At the end of it, that's class as well. So you know, I, I appreciate that about it. Um, when he's talking about when Brandon's talking about the the wasps in class, like the other lads like taking the piss out of him, and then the girl in front of him, Caitlin, um, again very much the met like the Mary Jane esque type person, you know, someone who the the character, uh, the main kind of superhero kind of falls in love with or gets to talk to, um, <laughs> or terrifies the fucking life out of. Um, she turns around and she says, oh, don't worry, smart guys take over the world. And again, fair play to them in that they have that line in this film and I didn't roll my eyes. It's like there's lots of things that it gets away with because it does them well, whereas mm-hmm. I think this could have been an absolute mess. I have seen like reviews where people have said, you know, there's, there's no character development, like it wastes a good premise. I'm like, I don't know what you saw, but I really enjoyed it. It reminded me of the film Mirrors. Did you ever see that with Keith Sutherland in it? No, I never saw that one. <gasps> Have you not? Ooh, that might be one for us. That's got some, that actually that that might be one to put on the list. That's got some gory deaths in it, and it's quite. That's got a really dark ending. Yeah, okay, I think that's a good yeah. one for us. Can't believe you I haven't seen that. that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that the that girl in class, Caitlin, she becomes quite pivotal. At, well, well, yeah, pivotal to kind of. I think that in in how he feels about her, you can see that he doesn't, he can't understand. Well, I mean, he's alien as well, but he he, he he can't figure out how he, like, misunderstands things. Like, his dad says something to him, like, you know, sometimes you give in to those urges. It's like, yeah, he didn't mean it like that. He didn't mean it in this respect of, yeah, just go all out, kill anyone you want. So, and I think the film as well does tension really, really well. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, when he has that fit in bed and you're thinking, what on earth's going on here? And then he stops because there's some kind of electrical interference, which they don't explain, which I like. I don't yeah. mind that. I gather it was the spaceship pod thing calling out to him, but I, I don't know. 
Um, I, I don't need it to tell me everything. You know, his eyes go red. And then as he walks to the window that he like jumps out of, uh, he drags, he like unwittingly drags a red blanket um, across the floor and it looks like a cape. I like that. That was a nice, there's some really nice touches in this film where you think, well, I wasn't expecting it to be that clever, but I appreciate it. Uh, what, what about yourself? Did you kind of notice little clues like that? or? Yeah, like I'd like, like I said, it, it really does use a lot of the sort of stuff we're used to seeing in superhero stuff, but like I said, doesn't like I said it doesn't need to explain it. It doesn't feel the need to go, okay, this is exactly how the spaceship is communicating with him. And like this is when the parents decided to hide it and you know, here's how much they know. You don't need any of that stuff. And I really like how it doesn't feel the need to stop the film and be like, show him a little scene of them hiding it and having the conversation of just like, we'll show him one day, you know, because it's all implied and you'd have to be an idiot to not realise that that has transpired at some point. But so many films would have done that, would have shown a scene where they're like, Oh, we should um we should hide it and we're gonna have to tell him one day, you know, it's not fair to him and all like all of this stuff with the you know if you can empathize with a parent in that situation, you know they'd be feeling all of this shit. You don't need to see it every time. And it's refreshing to have a film that doesn't bother with that shit. Yeah. It's just, you know, it can go, okay, I'm gonna assume that you can think about how you'd feel in this situation. They're put in a different difficult position and they made a decision that they thought was best and now are realizing it isn't as best and they're not gonna start just going oh if only we'd done this and everything like that they're just like well it's happening now we got to get on with it um and like I said I like that and I like these characters because like I said it's it is more horror than it is a superhero film and it's really easy for horror characters to be really hard to sympathize with yeah because they're either explained too much and you hear their thought processes which are stupid or just don't make any sense or like you they're just dislike like characters that you just dislike but i really like the parent characters in here and like the aunt and the uncle character as well yeah like, they were good yeah and like, believable as a family as well um I think they're all pretty good. Like you could actually see these people as members of the same small community. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know enough about writing characters like this to tell you why it worked so well in this situation for me. I think you've got to give some credit to the to the actors and actresses because for me, I was watching it. You know, Elizabeth Banks and the kid and the the lad, and you, I think, and like you like you said, the aunt and the uncle. I think you can feel like the relationship they've got. You can see it. So I think some credit's got to be given to them. And there's moments in it, <clears throat> excuse me, there's moments in it where, you know, you don't usually see things like that. So, for example, when Brandon turns up at his auntie's house, she's also the school counsellor. So she personally knows him, but she also professionally knows him. And she's like, oh, honey, you know, you're okay and you frightened me. And she's like, but this is not appropriate. You need to go home. Now, I appreciated that because as a professional, it's like, yes, I know you, your family, but actually I'm working with you and it's not appropriate for you to turn up at my house, you know, because 
well, it doesn't look right and it's not professional and, you know, all the rest of it. So even though he's coming at a threat now. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that because most of the time they don't have things like that in films because I hate watching things in films where, like, but I, I appreciate that and I think it, like, they act like family and they act like human beings. I know it sounds really daft, but I think because of the quality of, like, some writing we get nowadays, I think sometimes you're like, yeah, these people don't know each other. There's no way these are together. Like, you just don't believe them. Mm. So I think, I mean, that that's that, that would be my guess. Um, we, we think he's got super speed, but they keep it really under wraps as well. Like, we kind of know what's going on. But I like the tension building that we get as well. Um, and it's quite creepy because you don't really know what's going on. So like the, you know, Brandon, you know, when he chants in a foreign language and tries to get into the, the locked part of the barn and uh, then the man goes up to him and, you you know, logic or, or like horror movie dictates that he should turn around and have like crazy eyes or blood dripping from his mouth or something. And yep. he's literally just, he she touches him and he on the shoulder and he, he stops and doesn't know where he is. And he's like, oh, I'm sleepwalking. Um, and he mentions like hearing the odd voice. And what I like and what you mentioned before and I meant to say was that I think with this film, it's gone again. It's gone again. It's a good point as well. And it's gone again. Um, oh, what was it going to be? Ah, it'll come back to me. Oh, it's a good point as well, but I can't remember it. <laughs> it's, it's a good point. Um, well, I think it's a good point. Probably a rubbish one. No, no, it's gone. It's anyway. Gone. Yeah, yeah, it'll come back. Uh, it was related to what you said, but it'll come back. Um, I, I like the fact as well that they kind of they know he's adopted. Like they've said, "Oh, we've mm-hmm. adopted you," bloody. But and yeah, okay. Where would like I, I think America's like child protective services, or something isn't it? Like their social services. Like where were they? How did they get away with this kid? I, I'm not interested. Like it yes, doesn't I want. Does it? No, That's no. Like you know, on one hand, I can be like, "Oh, I appreciate the professional aspect and it's realistic." But on the other hand, I don't need you to be like, "Oh, we docked this and we did that." I, I don't need to know. Like I just want to watch the film. Exactly. Uh, they could have they could have thrown something here and have just like you know here's some convoluted reason why yeah. that's fine but like ultimately it doesn't it doesn't give you anything all yeah. you know is they they desperately want a kid and a kid was like you know put in plunked in their lap and they were like took the opportunity to raise him it doesn't matter how the rest of it came to be that wouldn't change you know where we are now and like I said it would like I said, it would give a layer of like realism that we don't need really, because like I said, yeah. there's so many things that are unexplained. It's not like that would be the one thing that it's like, well, my immersion's broken. You know, I yeah. don't know. Did they forge his papers or what? You know, it would be pointless to the story. But yeah. like again, yeah. other writers, I think, could have decided to put that in or had a subplot where someone you know they're clearly trying to hide it and that was a part of the issue as well like they don't want to take yeah like it's like somebody turned yeah yeah it'd have been awful wouldn't it i've remembered what it was so it was it was what you were talking about how they don't give you all the answers so you were talking earlier about about the kid and i think like because we don't know the film does not tell us at any point and you could argue i reckon you could argue it both ways we don't know whether he's he's faking like the sweet personality or whether it's like a split personality or whether mm. going through, you know, we don't know if it's like an alien puberty. We don't know what the hell it is. We don't know whether he he gets to a certain age and he, you know, he, he awakens and that is his true self. We don't, we don't know. 
We don't know is he. We don't know what he's acting, and I like that because you don't quite know where you are. Because there's some points where I thought, oh, that he's going to be really creepy here, and then he just isn't. Yeah. Like when he walks in after killing a lot of older people, he's like, oh yeah, oh I just I walked home or whatever. And then the next bit when he comes and he's like, the guys on the field they pushed me down. I'm like, I was playing soccer. I'm like, for for one, an American kid saying they've been out playing soccer all day. What an awful excuse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, pick something more believable. Um, <laughs> That's why they're like, he's lying. He's lying. Yeah, <laughs> he's fucking lying. Yeah, <laughs> he's play. No one plays fucking suck around here. Uh, <laughs> Bullshit. <Come> yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Never happened for a thousand bucks, please. Um, yeah, yeah and a I, really good point though, because there's so, like you said, there's so many. He went, he acts in so many different ways, doesn't he? Because like I said you've got super sweet. Um, clearly like scared and freaked out and really close to his parents and then you've got like colder like like you said not really picking up on things quite distant from other people um, but he's a he's meant to be a genius isn't he to say he's got like mm-hmm. the, in the top 0.1% IQ because at the start he's very sweet he's a little bit awkward but you can see there's a glimmer of something there you know the girl seems to like him and you know and it's, you know, you think, oh, okay, you might, he might have a bit of stick with the other lads and other people, but he, he'll do well. He'll, it'll come good. And, you know, there's arguments throughout it, isn't there, where, mm-hmm. where the sister, uh, sort of the, his auntie says, basically, oh, it's puberty, like, it's natural. Because, like, there's that bit where he says to the dad, like, um, like give it to me about about the gun. Because his, his uncle buys him a gun for, like, his 13th birthday, I think it is. Um, and he, yeah, he... He's not happy about it at all. Um, the bit, I mean, he, and he starts to kind of find out who he is quite slowly. So he like accidentally launches a lawnmower about a football field away, um, an, an, an English football field away. And um, and then he sticks his hand in the lawnmower and stops it. Because I was thinking with that bit, I thought someone was going to grab his hand and stop him. Yeah, like his I mother, did his dad. But then I did. They I didn't. was thinking someone's going to run up and be like, what are you doing? You yeah. Um, and then... And I like when he says, like, you know, um, give it to me to, for his dad to give him the gun. Like, the electrics go off around him and flicker. It's mm-hmm. There's nice touches. It's it's a film that I think, a bit like life, w- l- um, benefits a rewatch. Like, I don't think you watch it once and you go, oh, I think if you rewatched it, it would it would stand up quite well. Uh, and I just love the reaction of, like, the auntie and uncle after they leave. He's, she's like, she's like, oh, babe, I told you. Like, he's not going to want it. Like, you can't give him a gun. And he's like, you sure you want kids? <laughs> like, I was like, really made me laugh. Yeah. I was like, no, not after this. Um, good. Like I said, there's so many little moments where it really does subvert your expectations just a little bit. Like I said, the lawnmower yeah. thing, like I said, you expect it to go as a certain way and it doesn't. Like you said, when she's like, when he's pulling at the trap door and you think, oh, okay, I know how this is going to go. And it doesn't, it does that just enough times that you're really not sure how it's going to go. Like I said, I really like that scene you pointed out as well, where after they've left, where like, you know, he gets the gun, the dad puts his foot down, just like, no, we're not having a gun, and then instantly takes him out of him, and you just get a little bit, like I said, of the fallout of the scene of the aunt and uncle talking about it, because like I think in films like this where a child is the focus, it's really easy to have it. So like the parents and all the adult figures only exist for like the kids to like bounce yeah. off of, you know, whereas yeah. they actually feel like 
people with other motivations and they've got their own relationship and like you said you've got the aunt with her career and it would have been really easy to make it so you know she's she's just an aunt but like I said they put effort into her being like no this is my job and I'm gonna draw this line with you because yeah I'm a person with a career before you know and I'm your aunt like I said a lot of time it just comes across as like these adults are only there to be adult to be like parents or to be relatives yeah. to kids to like, like react to the kids or stop the kids doing this or stop the kids doing that and yeah I know exactly <laughs> what you mean it's but the bit about the auntie and the, the line she draws I'm like yeah that makes sense because she's got to look after not just him but other kids other people like she this kid's clearly well her nephew is clearly showing no remorse whatsoever because I thought so again going against my expectations I thought there was going to be a scene where I thought when he turned her back at her house I thought oh he's not going to threaten her I thought he was going to turn on the waterworks and be like oh mm. my god I'm, I'm so remorseful for like crushing that girl's hand um it's rough because um we um have I skipped a bit? I might have skipped a bit. Oh no, sorry, no, we haven't yet. Not yet. We're building up to it. I I did I enjoyed this film a lot, so there's a lot of notes. Um uh, not a lot not lords, but I just did. Um the worst scene for me, given that there's eyeballs and <laughs> jaws getting ripped off, the worst scene for me was the bloody fork. And he's chewing on the fork. Oh, like, oh, yeah. oh no, no, stop it, stop it. <laughs> it hurts. Just the um, sound of it. Yeah, because just... he, he like, sorry, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, it's just horrible. Like I could just the sound of the metal, and you can feel it. It's like when you've ever bitten down on a fork, and it, oh, you know, yeah. zaps with your it's teeth. Like electric it's shock, isn't it? Yeah. It. Yeah, I've only ever had it happen like once to me, and it's fucking horrible. Yeah, but like just that sound, it just ooh. again, like a really like low key way of showing just something creepy and just like you know how would you go and explain that it happens so early on you'd be like how could you go to a doctor and be like he's chewing up forks do I need to do anything yeah. about it I mean to be fair again I was expecting them I'm being all serious again but again again I was expecting them to go down the route of taking him to a doctor and the doctor being like oh he's probably having absence seizures which is a real thing but like um, because that that's essentially what it looked like because he didn't seem to be there did he but yeah. you know he was still kind of chewing away at the fork which was all bent to pieces um and and, and then just again uh, i'm gonna say it again but i wasn't expecting them to you know the, and it, it kind of it takes you think oh i can see where this is going and then it just takes this like massive sharp turn and you're like oh, i did not see that coming so for example like um where they find the picture like the mom and dad find the pictures under the bed of like the underwear models that he's taken out of magazines and you're like oh typical boy and then and then it goes into like anatomical pictures of like drawings and then it goes into actual pictures of like actual intestines and stuff and the, and I, I i did stifle a laugh when uh, the, the mom's like is this a guy thing he's like not a guy thing i know of. Like, <laughs> uh, so like because it starts off being like oh yeah that's what it's going to be about and then it's like actually no this is um and that that comes back in awful fashion towards the end as well, mm. um, which 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 was the bit where I thought I've definitely not seen this ending, but I've seen bits. But yeah, um, and then where the dad has the the that awful kind of he tries to the talk with him oh, God. about how your body's changing and um, and then the kid, the, but again the kid just doesn't understand 
Uh, he's like, you know, sometimes it's okay to give in to those urges. And he, he he's not talking about like, well, he's 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 trying to do as well as he can. And he um and but the kid just doesn't understand he's like na- like now and he's like, Well, no, not right now. Like like that. Um, dad's like creeped out. You can tell yeah, he's, he's like, like oh. he's like, no, not now. Like I'm your father and I'm holding a gun. Um and the girl who was um nice to to so the same night when he's like 30 miles away camping with his parents. Um, he goes kind of well. He goes missing in the night to go pee. Yeah, right. Um, but then, um, the girl who was nice to him, uh, Caitlin, uh, in class, her computer turns on and this like really soppy old romantic song plays, like a curtain ruffles. And to be fair, at this point, I was thinking, oh, that and uh, I knew it didn't go as dark as Hollow Man, but it was giving me Hollow Man vibes. Yeah, um, I did. To be honest. I did have the fear, and I'm glad it didn't. Um... Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, that I mean, that would have been that would have been. I mean, that had been very, very dark. Uh, but I mean, I, I think the the kind of the uneasiness that you get watching that in some some way, and that's like it was it was awful to watch because you're thinking, I don't know what's going to happen here, and this is yeah. uncomfortable as shit. And sometimes that's worse than just seeing somebody get their head knocked off, you know, because that that's kind of like, oh god, it's going, it's over and done with. Type. Doesn't happen in this film, but. You think, oh, okay, that I can cope with, but that is that kind of creepy unease, that like unsettling feeling of, oh, this is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. What the hell's going on? Um, and then you, then when you literally see him stood behind a curtain, and again, like she recognizes him, and I thought, oh, thank God, because I thought it would have been so easy for them to be like, oh, I didn't know who it was. I'm like, well, you sit with him in class, so. But <laughs> again, like, it's they don't. Exactly him. <laughs> no, yes, like, yeah. Um, and, it could have been, yeah. you know, they could have drawn that out and then he like, you know, one he's looking through a window and then he's like watching her and it could have been a really long drawn out thing. But it's just like, like I said, the dad has a talk with him and he's like, all right, cool. And then pretty much immediately goes and starts being weird. And like I said, I, I think it was a really interesting choice yeah. to set it when they did, when like I said, he's like. 12 and everyone admits like he's going through puberty so his relationship to everyone is changing and they're like they're constantly like trying to find the line between okay is he just is he just a weirdo is this kid just a weirdo and he's like you know he's going through puberty and mm. he's just reacting to it badly or like you know see, slowly think, realizing yeah see i think that's just a smoke screen i don't think well clearly because he's alien but i don't think it's about puberty at all I think he's trying to figure out humans, and I don't think he understands. Is it more about him becoming the alien, becoming the being that he is? Because uh, I don't, because we do, we see very little from him. We don't see anything from him that would indicate it was that kind of a motive. No, if you know what I mean. It all. Sorry, go on. Like that's how other people see it. You know, that's yeah, how yeah, exactly. Everyone yeah. else reacts to it. They're like, oh, it's just some him kind of coming to terms with his more like grown up self but like in yeah. a twisted way and like do we need to go the therapy route do we need to mm. be and it like I said it doesn't answer the question of like why then like is it a coincidence or is it a fact that it would be harder for people to detect you know could you maybe mm. get like a easier foothold on this community if it's not as over at the beginning, like I said, a lot of his weird behavior 
can be kind of masked by this idea of oh it's just a puberty thing or i mean for me i think i i I take it more along the lines of it might be more of kind of an alien version of um more along the lines of what some kind of faiths have you know where they have a point where you considered a man or you considered a woman or whatever but Mm. you're not like it's not like a legal age thing um so you know like like bar mitzvahs and stuff i got the impression it was more of a that situation but again this is all just speculation because we haven't got a clue because the film yeah. doesn't tell you. But again, leaves it open for you to go, is he just a nutcase? Is he an <laughs> we, we don't know. Like, like, uh, Well, he clearly isn't because he's got some powers. But um, and I yeah, like that's the, fact the thing. That, yeah, it could so, have yeah. been there, like, like I said, there's hints that this kind of behaviour has been there for a while. Like I said, the way that the other kids in school kind of talk to him, like there's the idea that he's been a bit off for a long time and then only at this point does he once he discovers you know who he is truly does he decide to do something about it like I said we don't know maybe it was just a switch that went and clicked in his mind one day or it could have been like a a long-term thing you don't know it doesn't say but like I like that there's kind of evidence both ways um because you're always looking at it from the perspective of the parents really and you yeah. know they're going to be looking at it all through roasted glasses, and like he's our precious little baby boy. But like well, maybe until a certain point. I like the fact until a certain point they just they just drop her off <laughs> intense and like he's lying, cause he's fucking lying. Yeah. I like the bit where where he's like she's like we need to tell somebody what do we do? He's like what 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 do we fucking tell them? We found him in the we found him in the woods and we buried his pod in the garage. What do we do? Like what do we do? Um, and I like that because that is kind of like I like in like fantastical situations like this where you get how people would actually react. Mm-hmm. how would you react um and i think they reacted as realistically as you can expect um but again we get more um i love films that you can have a good dive into i try and figure out what's going on um we see again like brandon brayer he, he draws this symbol that's like two b's back to back um it kept reminding me of the s he used to draw in school <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, a bit like the kind of the superhero symbols that we get from you know, like batman and super uh, like spider-man superman of course um and then again, it just gets like stranger and stranger. So the dad hears chickens in distress um, and thinks there's a wolf. Um, that's obviously it's America, but over here, you'd probably think it would be foxes, our family who kept chickens. So, you, you know, they're in distress. So he goes out, gets his gun, goes out, and he just sees like Brandon stood there looking at them. And you get this kind of peer into Brandon's head where he can kind of hear them, but it's like he's underwater and he's just staring at them. And the dad's like, what the hell are you doing out here? Then he kind of softens up. He's like, are you okay? Because, you know, it's, I like the way they react. And then the the kid's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I just just wanted to look at whatever he says. And the kid's like, the dad's like, it's half past 10 at night. Like, what are you doing out here? Like, um, and then again at the night, you hear the chickens in distress, like proper in distress, the squelching noises and a lot. And the dad comes down and they're just, they're all dead. And he's like, the, the, the man's like, uh, he's like, I want you to come with me. And he takes her and he's like, I, th- I think you're out with Brandon. And she's like, oh, it's not. It's like, it's a wolf. Like, you're being ridiculous. He's like, a wolf can't rip a door off and destroy a lock. Like, he was out here earlier. And I just, I, I don't know. I, it, it was just, I didn't know where the film was going to go next. And I really appreciated it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself? No, I agree. Like, there's so many points where you kind of, you feel like you have an idea of where it's going to go or you have a, you feel like you've got an idea of how the parents are going to react based on 
you know, similar stories of this kind, but I like how often they didn't. And I said, the parents, I really do like that the parents get to a point and they're like, you know, we want to believe that our son's fine. But then, you know, they realize, oh, no, he's fucking killer. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're like, you know, we got, we got to deal with this. And the mum's always trying to kind of get through to him um obviously but at the same time they're quite practical about it they put it together and it could have been very easy for this story to be written as the parents were like completely in the dark and it takes them a really long time to get there because they want to believe the best about their kid but like these are smart people and they're practical people so of course they can kind of see you know we don't want to believe it but it's clear that he is he's at the center of all of this um I get I just I like that I appreciate that they're not idiots they didn't ever the film never puts them in this vision of like oh these stupid family you know they let this happen it's like it is outside of their control this is entirely something that he is doing yeah it's not something they could have seen or something they could have prevented really it just and they do the best don't they because like the dad takes them away on days out they go out camping they're trying to things as a family to kind of I mean, before they know how far he's gone, but they're, they're trying to kind of reconnect with him. Um, they're trying to kind of break through to him, really. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, of course, things start to escalate because the, the girl's clearly terrified. Uh, Caitlin's clearly terrified of him. Um, and they have this PE class, and this it's like a trust exercise thing. And she she did a good job because that scene, uh, I don't know how old she is. I presume she's a teenager, maybe a bit older. But she the look on her face, like she looked absolutely terrified of him in such an understated way. Like that was, yeah, mm. I appreciated that bit. And she, she can't bring herself to kind of catch him and he drops and hits his head uh, on the pavement. And, and the coach is like, pick him up or pick him up or, um, or you fail this class. And she refuses to, uh, and calls him names and, she, and he, well, crushes her hand, <laughs> breaks her wrist quite, quite viciously. Um, and then again, we know we see the school council. This is Auntie, um, and Caitlin's mum Erica comes and is like, "I want, like, I want this." Have you seen what he's done to my daughter? And I want this kid, kind of arrested. And the the sheriff's like, "Look, this isn't um, this. That's not up to you, ma'am. I'm sorry. I presume it's up to the school. I don't know how it works over there, um, but it, you know, it it worked. And the ma- the mum finally admits that she found him in the barn because again, he goes for the the trap door and finds the pod and wonders who he is. Um, and the dad's like, he never bled, cut, he's never had a broken bone, he's never had a bruise, like, and now he's hurting people. It's like what you were saying, like, it's these scenes where you see the people they are and they try to figure out what the hell do we do? Like, what can we tell anyone? And if we do, what are we going to say? Um, and it, they're stuck in a real dilemma, but they never at any point go oh let's we'll just ignore it yeah. like because it gets us in trouble they're clearly thinking he's hurt like the dad and the mom as well the mom takes a bit longer to come around but the dad's like he's hurting people like yeah. he could kill somebody and we, like we like we've took him in we need to we need to stop this type of thing um that's the thing then, though like yeah. it's it's our problem basically you know like he points yeah. out rightly you know the the time to be open about this was a long time ago if they wanted to be if they wanted everyone else to know his origins and have help about it, like 
you cannot cover up for 12 years and they're just like you know we kind of we've made this bed at this point we've got to we've got to be the ones to figure it out and again really like that it would have been easy for him to just be like trying to shift the blame to someone else or like I said try and you know just go shut down and like I said pretend it's not happening just for to allow the plot to kind of carry on a bit longer without their interfering but like they just ultimately as they're very capable people but they're up against something that they have no way to combat um it works it's really good it's fucking good i like it (laughs) yeah i I thought so um i think um you know he's levitating above above this pod saying take the take them we find out later on it's take the world Uh, but he falls and cuts his hand on on this pod object and you're kind of wondering then if it's like his kryptonite so a bit like superman can only be cut by kryptonite which is from his home planet, you think, oh, I wonder if it's the same for Brandon, which it appears to be, and that comes into play later. He obviously kicks off at his mum. He's like, you lied to me. Um, even though she she does her best to apologise and, and explain and say, you know, you arrived on a perfect night and you arrived here in that. that. This is the first time we see his eyes glow red and his kind of laser vision. Again, he stalks the poor Caitlin. He appears in her room again. <laughs> With a bunch of flowers. Poor kid. He, what? Sorry. Poor kid. Honestly, he's just. Oh, oh she's my God. Terrified. Um, he would be he, like it's oh. it's so it's so creepy and like I said her her portrayal of it is so good and like I said she's not screaming and like no. you know it's it that where she really... cries and that that big yeah. tear falls down her face it's like wow okay you yeah you, you're I don't know I didn't look apologies. Um, that that actress, I don't know if she what she's been in, if she's been in much, but I I thought she was, I was impressed to be fair. Emmy Hunter, her name is, but I don't know if she's been in anything else. And if it, yeah, she does a really good job. But sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah, like I said, she does a great job because she's like she's so terrified that she can't even, you know, she can't even scream. She's like literally just scared silent, which is so cool considering, like I said. In the grand scheme of things, crushing her hand is like one of the lighter things that has happened, but it would be absolutely terrifying. Like someone you go to school with and thought you kind of knew and run like a, you know, or equal to, and then one starts creeping you out and then like physically fucking crushes your hand like in their hand. That would be terrifying. Like, even though like yeah. she's alive and you know she fares better than most of the rest, you would be absolutely pissing yourself about it. And, oh, God, absolutely. You know, I really like how that was done, and just like it was, like I said, in the grand scheme of things, less gruesome than pretty much everyone else's. You know, <laughs> injuries but, but in a stuff, way. But... Almost the the worst, almost one of the worst ones because it's this is somebody you're supposed to like, but you don't yeah. even know at this point. I mean, um, you don't even know. Emmy Hunter, um, an actress known for Brightburn, Forever My Girl, and Your Pretty Face is Going to Die, which sounds an interesting one. <laughs> no, sorry, <laughs> your, sorry, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Sorry. Um, she's 20 now, so that means she was what 16 when they made the film, yeah. so that's. I mean, she, to be fair, she looks younger, but yeah, she does, she does a hell of a job, to be fair to her. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's just, yeah, it appears in the room and says, you know, one day they'll all know how special I am. And she says, 
uh, one of the one of the most like I don't know ominous bits in it. She's like, "Oh, my mum told me not to talk. My mom told me not to talk to you." And he's like, oh, "I'm going to solve that." And it's like, "Oh dear, this is not going to be good." Um, we see Erica, who's a waitress, and again, like with the film doing things that I just was not expecting it to do, like where she she turns around and all the windows being like misted on as if you breathed all over it. And the BB symbols are written all over the place. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was not expecting that. She's obviously freaked out. Uh, the lights start kind of flickering and then a glass above her head breaks and the glass goes right in her eye. And I mean, <laughs> right in her eye. My notes at this point read, Christ, any need, Final Destination-esque, uh, which it was. Um, yeah, because my I mean, thought was, oh my God, you know, that was right in her face. And then it's like... I was expecting it to be, oh, it's in her face. But, you know, usually people just, they shield their eyes. They've got a few little superficial scrapes on the face, but, like, right in the eyeball. <laughs> just horrible. I just, I didn't think it was going to go that gnarly with it, to be yeah. honest. And I just, oh, it is horrific. And, like, you see her vision as well. You see from, like, her point of view with the one eye just completely bloody. And they use that, like, that's very, that's used very interestingly. Like, you see her, like, a literal sort of gap in her vision and him sort of, like, using that and dipping in and out and just, it's very, that's very clever. Like, done something gross, unexpected, but actually also used it to their advantage for the scene. And again, I know I keep saying it, but I like seeing films where people put Die. thought into what they're doing well yeah but things happen for a reason you know and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well yeah again sounds will... basic but like <laughs> i like it a really well-made isn't. film <laughs> yeah so do i i mean she locks herself in the freezer which is a yeah. clever thing to do you lock it from the inside unfortunately she's up against a fellow with laser eyes so he lasers his way in he's donned his his like scarecrow-esque you know mm. uh face it's quite a startling look it's good to be fair uh, it's it simple, but it's effective. Uh, and he essentially, I can put it no better way than he just flattens her. He just really flattens her. Um, I love the transition with the porridge, just a, the <laughs> porridge in the bowl. I thought that is, I like that. I appreciate a good transition. Uh, and then the fact that he's like, again, with the unanswered questions, they're like, oh, how are you doing? Are you, did you have a good night? And he's like, yeah, I feel good. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I bet you, I mean, do you? Is that like, is that like a release? Like, is that like a release for you in terms of like, you think now you're going to be all right with Caitlin now that thing. you've like killed her mom? I mean, we don't, we don't yeah, and we don't know where the mom's gone because we find out that she disappeared. Um, and like the, obviously the sheriff's there and he, no he notices the symbols. Um, and and it's that bit when he says to, he says to because he goes to therapy, doesn't he, mm -hmm. with his auntie because there's no one else in the in the district or whatever. Um, and she's she has to give a report to the sheriff the next day, and he just he shows no remorse. He's like, I know I'm something else, I'm something superior. Um, and then we see the scene. One of my favorite scenes was when the the dad, um, the uncle, and like a couple of the bar friends are, you know, playing pool and the the bar, and they're kind of like openly like, oh, do you reckon it was your son who? And and and. Yeah, well, I mean, what did you? I quite liked that scene because I thought someone's gonna have to say it because somebody wouldn't have told like this. Someone would yeah. say, Are You sure it's not the creepy kid who broke that girl's hand? 
Um, That's the thing. Like you said, it's a small town like that where everyone knows each other, everyone knows each other's business. They're going to know. And like something like that is going to be the, everyone's going to be talking about it. And of course, like close friends that are out drinking together, someone's going to fucking say it. And like they did, but it wasn't like a, a big deal of a thing. You know, it's not like a fight breaks out. It's just like they said it because everyone's thinking it. Like these aren't stupid people. Like people have put two and two together and been like, you know, there's a link here. And like I like that scene was really clever because like obviously you have the uncle leaving the bar and he sets off earlier than everyone else and like they have little back and forth about like I'll I'll drive you because clearly he's had a couple of drinks. Um, but he like drives home and gets home safe and everything. But like that comes up again, you know, like they use that when he gets injured of this question yeah. of like, well, you let him drive knowing that he had had a drink and I just think that was a a clever thing to do in terms of like you know there's a culpability there that yeah they're very sort of I don't know very sort of forthright about in that he did do a bad thing you know um ultimately it wasn't the reason that he died or anything but like that was something that they shouldn't have done. Neither of them yeah. should have done it. Yeah. And I like that it was pointed out and actually addressed and people were ready to go, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You know, if he dies because of this, that's on you. Um, yeah. Which is just a nice point to see in something like this. It wasn't just a means to an end, you know? Yeah, no, I agree completely. It, it was clever. Um, and again, just, just gives you the impression that although it should happen with every film, it clearly doesn't in that someone sat down and thought about it and, you know, that people have sat around and gone, well, why would we do this and why would we do that? And hang on, does that make sense? Why would we do that? Rather than just, yeah, but but for plot convenience and for, you know, mm-hmm. the story, let's just push it forward. And you think, no, because audiences aren't idiots. But they, they you know, they, they know when you're doing something that's just making it easy for yourself in writing a yeah. story. So, you know, do it well. And um, yet again, he stalks his auntie, um, and he basically comes up just just out and out threatens her uh, again. Like I said earlier, she tells him to go home; it's not appropriate. And she's like, "I'll oh, be safe on your way home." And he's like, "You too." Oh, here we go. And then I quite like the whole motion detected in the backyard type thing. Mm-hmm. I quite like that, but I didn't overuse it because I was worried it was going to be like motion in the backyard, motion in the kitchen, motion in there. Because obviously, yeah. about quick he can move, but they didn't. They didn't. Um, they didn't mess about with that. Um, I thought there was good use of the mirror with um, where the, the uncle's brushing his teeth um, and you see Brandon like in the corner, like almost like a spider in the corner, just looking at him. Um, and then he later shoots his uncle in the garage door because his, his uncle finds him in the cupboard, doesn't he? And yeah. he's like, what the fuck are you doing in the cupboard in this creepy mask? Come on, I'm taking you home. You've... Um, and I thought that that's, again, a genuine reaction. Like, what what are you doing? Yeah. Um, Why are you yeah. being such a freak right now? Like. <laughs> Um, and then you know the old car breaks down trick, uh, but but get, you know given what they do next, I let them off. You know the yeah. car flickers on and off, and he's there. Then he's levitating, and I love the uncle's reaction. He's like, nope, 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 as if to say, oh god, I know what I can see and I know what it means. And, oh Jesus, no. Um, and then again, like he buckle up, but he doesn't, and he dro- uh, Brandon levitates the car. The car drops down like onto its bonnet um and 
the uncle basically has the steering wheel like rip his jaw off. Uh, and I put honestly, this film has death stuff of make Final Destination blush. Yeah. Like it's, it's you know, there's only one other jaw uh, bit I can think of, and it's um, I, I won't spoil which film it's in. Um, he draws uh, again. He draws the BB symbol. Like he, he literally, the, the uncle's there, like dying. And again, good prosthetics as well. The uncle's yeah. there, like dying. He's like trying to cover his face, and then you see like all this, you know, his tongue and all his jarred off. And the, the the kid literally takes like a bit of his blood and draws that BB symbol on like the pavement on the road, um, right on the concrete, the asphalt, whatever you want to call it. And you just think, oh, the, this is like, I'm enjoying. Well, I knew you'd enjoy it, but. I really enjoyed it. Like I thought, this is dark, and I'm I'm here for it. It um, just it goes on for so long that scene, doesn't it? Like I said, you got the actual like him chasing him down, the issues with the car and stuff. It goes on and on, and then like I said, when he gets dropped down face first onto you know into the car, and like I said, if he put his fucking seatbelt on, you know, it's you know it, it probably wouldn't have saved him in the long run. But it's all these little little issues where it's just like you know should have done that but yeah like he doesn't just die straight out you see you know the impact and the jaw just but he's there for so long just holding his jaw on and just staring at him um just approaching him and like he could have just he could have just been killed straight away but him just the vision of him just like literally holding the bottom of his face together is just yeah. horrible yeah. like yeah. way worse than if he just you know head was caved in it's just horrendous well yeah exactly it seems to have those kind of deaths where it's it's not a quick easy oh well, that's them dead it really draws it out a little bit and it's kind of mm-hmm. like oh that that's unpleasant um and then like how he reacts to it in that he just doesn't react and yeah. you're thinking this is like this is dark um but yeah and you think he might be okay as well you know we get to well, I thought he was alive, and then yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. he was going to live, and obviously he's not going to. Be, and I thought, oh, very clever, he's not going to be able to talk. He can't tell them who it is, mm-hmm. and he's probably in a coma. And then Christ knows. But then it's like, oh no, he's dead. And I was like, dead. yeah, oh, okay, okay. Can I have some more conflicts, mom? Because yeah. um, usually, that, again, but... you don't get that. You know, if you get cut to someone in the hospital, like I said, either they're alive, but they're in critical condition, they're basically out of commission, but they're alive, or you know, it would just be like. They get the call. The police are like, "We found you, found your husband, his dad, or whatever." Yeah. But like you know, getting oh, he's in the hospital. He's you know, mangled beyond belief. But there's a little glimmer of hope. Well, oh, maybe he'll be all right. Nope. <laughs> just so many little opportunities where it's just like it sort of knocks the wind out of you a little bit. And just... Yeah, well, it was quite jaw dropping. That's it. Sorry, I couldn't resist. It. <laughs> um, sorry, everybody. Um, I, I genuinely, I uh, yeah, um, no, but it is. It's a good way of doing it. Um, and then he comes home, as I said earlier. And he's like, I've been out playing soccer with the neighbor kids. I'm like, what a crap excuse for an American kid. Um, plays the old sympathy card. The only time in the film really he does that, um, where he tries to play that kind of sympathy card of like, oh, I'm getting bullied, and and I love, I love that the pet is my favorite scene. I love the parents are just like, yeah, he's lying. I just, I, yeah. and even the mom, the mom's like, he's lying. And I thought, oh, thank God. The penny has finally dropped um, because she, like, like I said, she takes a bit longer to come around than the dad. He's pretty much convinced quite early on that, yeah, this is this is Brandon. Like, there's something wrong. She takes a lot longer to come around, uh, especially the bit because that bit where she say, he says to her, like, he's not our son. He's we found him in the fucking woods or whatever. She's like, how dare you say that to me? 
And I was like, yeah, that, you know, you get, and again, you don't know whether he's been having doubts for a while. Mm. Like, has yeah. he been having doubts for a while about this kid and his abilities are, and as she, and as she just closed her eyes to it, we don't know, but it's, it's fun to think about. It's the thing is, you know, because there would be so many things you would think about in this situation, you know, if a kid just kind of came into your life and you didn't know who the parents were or anything like that, you'd have so many questions throughout their life of just like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be telling them? Should I be telling other people? You know, all of this stuff about, we I don't know where he's from, you know, even if it just, they found a kid not in a spaceship <laughs> you know they found him just in the woods there'd be a lot of you've got you know his entire lifetime to have all of these doubts and questions about whether they've done the right thing and like you get that from their reactions like I said the way that they they want to defend him but at the same time like I said they have thought about the fact that they don't truly know where he's from and like you know, the him coming, falling out of the sky has clearly been in the back of their minds. So, yeah, like I so said, you get the impression that they have at least thought about it, but at the same time, yeah, he's their son and it just interacts in a really interesting way. And like I so, said, yeah. but they don't feel the need to be like, let's show this conversation where they're like, I love him, but also he's an alien. Well, and, the thing know. is as well, the thing is as well, and it's just occurred to me, and I don't know why, in the we don't, given what he talks about at the beginning with these wasps that that force other wasps to raise their young, we don't know whoever sent him, did they target those two because it was remote and they really mm -hmm. wanted a kid? Did Because did, it seems quite coincidental. So it's like, well, did they target them to, to, to be like, oh, they're the perfect um, candidates to bring him up. They really want a baby, but they can't have one. Um, let's, that like, that makes sense. Again, you, you don't know, but it's interesting to think about because um, I didn't think about it at all while I was watching it. It's just occurred to me listening to listening to what you were explaining. So, yeah. That's true because, like, you know, we get... I said we're talking about the bits where he's, like... Um, when Brandon's, like, looking at the chickens and, like, freaking out the chickens and, like, not doing anything to them. But, like I said, there's an idea. There's an implication that he can like the species or whatever he's a part of can have some kind of effect on living creatures without like physically touching them so again like maybe this was an engineered scenario where like whoever sent him made it so they couldn't have a kid or made it so they wanted a kid so they would accept him because like there's little hints that there's you know we don't know the full scope of the powers but like he at least can have some sort of effect on even if it's just scaring people he can do it without touching them you know he was just stood there and they were like I said they were freaking out as if they were dying so but like we don't know but like this it's a cool idea to think about because I said it is very coincidental no well yeah yeah I mean because oh yeah of course he happens to crash land outside the house of this couple who can't have kids and you think well actually maybe that's the point so yeah, oh, yeah, I, I thought about that one. Um, and whether they'd engineered, if they engineered, it, if, the, if the aliens somehow put some kind of block on them having children themselves, or you know, who knows? Um, yeah, potentially. So I said, if you yeah. if you read into the 
the wasp story. Yeah, they kind of like sort them out to raise him. Yeah, it's a good point. I, uh, yeah, it is interesting. I think it's a good film. I, d- I think I don't get people who've said that it, it, it's quite shallow. I'm like, and it doesn't do a lot with its premise. I'm like, I don't think you get it. I don't, I mean, I mean, you know, we all see films differently, of course, but I think I would urge people to go and have a little look at it and, and take it for what it is, but try and look more deeply into it. Because I don't think this is a case of us going, oh, we've seen this film, it's all right, but we're just going to like make up all this stuff. No, this is there. This isn't accidental. They haven't accidentally, um, like they, they didn't just like fluke these things. They've claimed yeah. part into it. Um, and again, like you said, they don't show them finding the baby. Well, they do, but it turns out to be a nightmare sequence, which I appreciated. I think yeah. that's sometimes a bit cliche, but I liked it. And the blood dripping out of the of this, like again with that red color, which obviously we always associate with superheroes, particularly Superman. Um, the sister in the hospital, of course, reveals that Brandon came to see her, so they know for a fact he's lying. The dad is like, this is bullshit, he's fucking lying. And he's pretty convinced he's killed the uncle. And this is, of course, the scene where you were talking about earlier, where the ma- where the mum is just like, look, listen to me, you let him drive, you shouldn't have done that. This is on you, you're trying to palm it off on your 12-year-old son. Um, yeah. And then he confronts Brandon, and Brandon is like, leave me alone. He sends his dad flying. Um, and then they decide to go look for his shirt on because they think that's going to have evidence of like whatever he's done because he turns up from the football just with no shirt on and his shorts and saying that all oh, the kids not be dying in the mud or whatever. I think that's right, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, he said, oh, he's playing football and they piss out of him and they ripped his shirt and he took his shirt off and they're like, bullshit, no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely I- not. Yeah, I call it. Um, this is where we get that, you know, he's not our son. He's something we found in the woods and she's horrified, of course. The sheriff, who I think it's the only second or third scene he's been in, he realises about this symbol link. And again, I don't mind. We don't get his backstory. Don't need it. Keep the story focused. He's just a guy doing his job. Uh, the cops come to, them, come, comes to their house. Uh, the sheriff comes to the, to the mum's house, dad's house, because uh, the mum is a... Sorry, the... Brandon's gone away with the with the dad. The dad's like, oh, I'll make it right. I'll take him camping. And I'm thinking, I know what you're thinking. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Um, the cop comes to the house. The, the sheriff, the mum's like, no, I don't, I don't want to hear. Because um, he shows her the symbol. And she clearly knows what it is. She goes upstairs, finds his notebook. It's got all these gruesome pictures in it of what he's done. Um, and then the dad, and I did not think the dad was going to do it. I thought it was going to be the same old cliched. He goes to shoot him, but he can't, and he yeah. sobs, and then the kid kills him. Oh, no, he shoots the kid in the back of the head. But mm-hmm. he doesn't do anything because he's, he's an alien, so and super, you know, superpowers or whatever. Um, and then he just lasers straight to his dad's head. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> props like, oh. to him. Like, you know, the dad was just, you know, says, basically, this is our problem, we're going to have to sort it, and all you know, fair fair play to him. Does you know he's like you know this kid is a danger to other people, like you're saying, and like you know he's something that I can do to fix it, and fucking does it. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting him to even like it. I thought, like you said, you get to the point, you'll raise the gun, and he's like, I can't do it, and then the kid comes and murders him. But no, yeah. he's. <laughs> Yeah, just doesn't do anything, which is worse, which is even worse. Just like imagine going through all of that of just you've come to terms with the fact that your only child is a murderer and has killed, you know, 
friend of yours and a family member and then you're like the only thing I can do is just to kill him just murder him myself and it doesn't even work (laughs) awful (laughs) I really enjoyed it but yeah I mean that uh, that's the thing yeah yeah, I mean it's it's an awful decision to make and he makes it for you know the greater good and uh, I can't help it and um, it yeah it doesn't even work (laughs) Um, so he gets killed and then the mum Obviously, she's seen the notebook. She realizes, oh God, like this is bad. She rings, um, she rings her husband, and them the kid, you know, he answers. And again, he's like, Dad's gone. She's like, gone where? He's like, and he just goes, you know. And I was like, oh God, he's like, it's like cold, like mm-hmm. just so cold. Um, and she's like, oh God. And then he's like, oh, I'm home, mom. And you see him, like, and I like the way it. It doesn't show all his powers at once. It like builds up to it, and you see him floating high above the house, um, but only partly. And he crushes the phone in his hand, which I appreciated. And then he proceeds to attack the house. Yeah, some of the CGI to, to is a bit ropey, but it, it, there is some practical stuff in there in terms of like the holes in the house and stuff. Uh, but you know, you, you gotta let him off at some point. The budget's not huge. Um, it's not to the detriment of the film, is it? Like, oh no, 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 no. No, no. Could be better, but nothing that nothing that really hurts it too much. Like I said, limit, fairly limited budget for a film like this. So they do really well with that budget. I've seen films like ten times the budget that do not do as well. It's just stuff like this, honestly. Um, and I like the fact that, again, uh, the, this deeper meaning of it. Um, I like the fact that as he's attacking the house, they keep showing like pictures of him growing up. So it's like almost reminding you that like they've had this life like twelve years together, um, bringing this lad up, looking after him, trying to steer him the best they can, and then all of us, you know, all that hard work's undone. Um, uh, or, or were they doomed to failure from the start? Don't know. Yeah. But it's interesting to think about. Um, he smashes through the walls, and then she finally sees him in the air, um, like levitating. She rings the police, well, 911, sorry, and um, gets cut off. The sheriff gets notified of her call and turns on and heads straight to the house. Again, appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the look of the house because the, the sheriff and the sheriff deputy get there and she's like, Jesus Christ. And the house is like smashed to bits. And I thought that looked great. Like it really gave me like Amityville horror exorcist type vibes. Like I really appreciated that, like that look. Maybe a bit yeah. of signs in there as well. Like, I really appreciate that kind of all-American house that's just, like, in bits. And the proper focus on the house, isn't it? Like, so yeah. much of it takes place in the house or the surrounding areas, like the house and the woods. Like, half of half of the film happens in either... It's all in people's houses, you know? It's very much this idea of horror and, like, family. And I, I love films like this that take place in in like houses and places that you could imagine like you've got a good idea of the whole place so when you see it all completely destroyed it has that much more of an impact you know I said I really do like things that are set in like a really constrained place and like home setting specifically because like I said it all started there and it all kind of finishing there it's like it's really cool. And like I said, I love seeing a house absolutely demolished as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. so cool. Yeah. 
and, and again, uh, like the set design's marvelous. You know, there's a bit of CGI in there, of course, but you know, you see the house and the, the bits of it are wrecked, and there's scrape marks along the walls, and you know, it, it's it's well done. I, I appreciate it for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, and again, just that that build up of like it doesn't go for the easy thing straight away. Yeah, the sheriff gets splattered. You think he's gonna kind of he's gonna be in yeah. Not, he just literally gets smeared across the grass like a big piece of jam. Just um, gone in a second. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and then he smashes, he absolutely, I mean, the CGI after this bit was a bit, mm, but I let them off because uh, I liked the, what they were trying to do. Uh, he absolutely smashes the sheriff's deputy pieces. And then again, she falls to the floor and we have another awful moment where there's someone just like, <sighs> just like taking their last few breaths of life when you're thinking, some like who I, I appreciate it. it's dark, but I, you're not expecting it. Are you? You're expecting it to be, yeah, you know, to be different. They fall, and then you know, you you don't see a lot in films, I think. Like I said, people like the long protracted people actually dying. You see big impact, and then it cuts away because it's like, well, they're dead, but yeah, seeing people actually like choke and like struggle for breath, you know, when we see the uncle like in the car, and he's like. He's like choking on blood and just literally just struggling to breathe. Like it's horrible. I said it's and it feels so much worse than if you just you see a big impact and then cut away. It's gross. Yeah, it felt like um, but it, it felt and again I think the focus on the house a lot because that's where they've you know it's a symbol of a family and then it's just destroyed, isn't it? Literally. As mm-hmm. well as figuratively, but I think yeah, again with with that the the thing to do with the deaths, I think the film's trying to kind of show you it's a decision to say right, look, most films would cut away, but we're going to go off all in on this, and also, like if this happened, it would be horrendous. So you're going to see a little bit like it's it doesn't cross the line into like saw territory or hostile territory, no. but it is firmly in the camp of you know final destination, quite in your face type thing. Um, but yeah, I think it tread a good line to be fair. Um, he floats kind of whistling for his mom because they play this again. It's a good link to the beginning where he's they're playing that you know the whistling game. Um, she falls and cuts her hand and then remembers that the ship cut him, so she goes and gets a scrap of it. Then again, because I wasn't expecting it in the slightest, mm-hmm. we see Caitlin's mom strung up like an like an anatomic, you know, one of those things you get in class that shows you the liver and the heart and lungs and all that kind of thing. Um, because obviously, and that links really well back into the pictures they found under his mattress of like humans, and that makes you wonder again well, is he different? Does he know he's different, or is he different inside? Or it's all is he just studying humans like he studies the chickens? We don't know. Um, again, lots of questions, very little answers. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, and then she's like very clever, like Brenda, Brandon, where are you, baby? And doing kind of whistle whistles, and she she does have a moment where she's like, you know, I believe you're a blessing, and then she decides as well to do exactly what her husband tried to do, mm-hmm. and she tries to deal with that problem and stab him, but he catches her arm, and he's like, oh, I want to do good, mom, I do. Again, do we know if he's telling the truth? No. Um, and she's like, you'll always be my baby boy, and then tries to stab him, and then I wasn't expecting what happens next. He like flies high like several thousand feet and drops her and she just falls to her death. Um, and I like the fact that they showed how like cut up she was from the fact they smashed her on top of a barn 
because you think, yeah, if you actually did that, you'd be pretty cut up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, they just don't have that, do they? Uh, they just have someone like fly through something and they look fine. Yeah, they're um, just a bit dusty, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dusty and a bit of hair in the hair type thing. <laughs> uh, and then he drops her, like he looks at her dispassionately, he drops her, she falls to her death. And, and they did it quite quietly. They didn't have like this, you know, they didn't have like a Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream. They didn't have like an over the top, like, no, my baby type no. thing. None of that business, thank God. Uh, but then and I was thinking, where's this come from? Like a plane flies towards him and then it cuts to black. And then we see a news report and we see that a plane's crashed. Um, we see the baby written on a part of the plane, the symbol in blood. He's sat eating cookies and we see the kind of like, oh, you get the whole scream ending bit where the reporter's like, and everybody's died in this thing. And, um, you know, the, the, the only survivor was the kid and he sat eating a cookie. Just haven't, you know, he's just not bothered at all. And you think, hmm, pretty good because he's covered up all the murders. Even his uncle, well, that's drink driving. So, yeah. and the, the, um, we don't know, like, I, I can't remember, but we don't know what's happened to the barn. Like, is her body there? We don't, we'd like, um, Caitlin's man, we don't know. So, again, he, he appears to have erased all trace of his crimes, if you will. Um, and again, I appreciate the set design because, yeah, okay, it's not on the scale of, say, the plane crashing war of the world, which has an infinitely bigger budget. But I, I appreciate it. there's a bit of CGI in there, but on the whole, there's real airplane seats and stuff like that. And it's, it's a very dark tone because hundreds more people have died. And um, again, I forgot to mention the police officer, the woman who's calling a uh, a two reporting a two seventeen. A code two seventeen is used by some police departments to indicate an quote assault with intent to murder is in progress and an officer needs backup. But we gather again that he's blocking her radio. Uh, something else we don't get. We do, we don't know, but it goes back to the whole electro electromagnetic thing earlier with the TVs and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, we we see all these, and I, I love an ending like this. Um, oh, what was the film that had like a bit like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Terrible film, but the ending of that with the clips is pretty cool, where it shows like dinosaurs in our world. Um, you have um, you have a guy who um, oh, what's the guy's name? Michael Rooker, um, who's been in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he's been in our Suicide Squad, Super Slither. Um, and he is basically talking about uh, something that you'll enjoy, uh, Sarah. He's talking about different cryptids. Yeah. Uh, which is quite <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that, that's kind of how it ends. And they show like a building get demolished, which actually got demolished. And you see all these different things. And um, yeah, and, and you see like how what's happening is coming true that, you know, is he going to take over the world? Well, he appears to be. So take the world. So yeah, that, that's your lot. And then we get like I really like the cheekiness of it. Uh the ending credits song is um Bad Guy by Billy Billy Eilish, which I thought was quite funny. That made me laugh. Um, yeah, it's very on the nose, but it was Oh the jar, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I think for a film like that where like so the ending was pretty pretty relentless, like pretty it didn't really pull any punches, like a, a slightly more tongue-in-cheek ending was kind of needed like I'm not mad about it I feel like yeah they kind of knew what they were doing and that you kind of needed to pull it back a little bit because I said it really all escalated so quickly going from like like I said the family's deaths and like all of 
like the barn being destroyed and then the town and then like I said the plane crash it's like you kind of needed to bring it back a little bit so I'm not mad about the the song choice but like I said it's very on the nose isn't it <laughs> yeah 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 definitely but it just feel like it was like right we need to just lighten the mood a bit before we let them walk out yeah people walk out of the cinema just oh my god it's oh god <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really good ending though. Like again, like you wouldn't need to add anything to that. Like I think it's you've got a perfect amount of questions that it leaves you with, and enough sort of stuff sprinkled throughout that you could imagine it going in in many different ways. Like you know, maybe it's part of a an invasion, or maybe it is literally him, and he's going to be compelled to take over the world on his own and. You know, there's lots of questions, but it just gives you enough that I don't, it's quite a satisfying ending, I think. It just everything feels very intentional and everything felt like it was put there for a reason. And, you know, he, his one singular mission and motivation as this like superhuman creature is to take over the world. And yeah. you see him go and do it. <laughs> Jesus, he was 19 when he filmed that. Oh, no, really? no. Yeah, 19, yeah, when he filmed it, yeah. <laughs> Jesus He looks Christ. much younger. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do they do that, then? Is it like I, a makeup thing, or has he just I, got a baby I, face? I, I have no idea. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, he can't have been. Sorry, he can't have been. Hang on. He was 16 when he did it, sorry. 16. Yeah, he again, he still looks much younger. He's, um, yeah. Very well done. Again, I didn't, I've never seen him in anything, but very well acted. Like I said, the difference between... Like I said, him being like, you know, a twelve year old and just a kid, you know, very vulnerable, and then yeah. flipping kind of instantly to the point people don't even know how to react to it. Um, super well done. Like I don't know how they how they managed to do that and how you would uh, get someone who can do it that well. And like I said, the scenes where he's like detached and like lying or just like really coldly just like oh uncle's dead oh like do you want me to do you want me to cry or something like really well done <laughs> like god yeah i'd forgotten he said that yeah yeah and she's like oh do you, do you, she's like she asks the question and yeah she's like desperately like do, do you want to please say you want to please please be normal please cry just, just give um, me something to something, imply that you anything <laughs> at least stop eating your conflicts anything just show me a shred of humanity anything anything at all it's so good. Like, <laughs> I really love the parents' portrayal because, like I said, they could have gone absolutely hysterical and just they could have been very um, like characters in this. They are unwilling to believe they're doing anything wrong, and they're always trying to look for any other explanation, no matter how ridiculous it is. But like I said they're not stupid people, and I like that the story stuck to that. Because often you get characters like this and they're introduced and they're like, they're practical people, you know, like they've got their own farm and all this sort of stuff. They clearly have got their wits about them and are not idiots. But like a lot of films would take that and just throw it away as soon as there was any conflict with the kid and then be like, well, you know, they're just blinded by their love for their kid. So it only goes so far, <laughs> you know, that love would... Yeah. Yeah. That blindness would end at some point and you get to see that with both of them, which is really interesting. 
I said both of them being like, well, got to kill him. <laughs> got it. But I like the fact that they don't have that conversation because no. how easy would it have been for them to throw that in? Like, well, I mean, you know, there's only one thing we can do. Wink, Literally. wink, audience. Are you looking they at They could have been like, you know, I don't want to, but, you know, it's our, this is the final solution, you know. But they could have done, like I said, they could have chucked that yeah. in, them having like oh, this yeah. hushed conversation about, you know, well, it really comes to it. And they're like, don't say that, you know. I've never wanted yeah. to come to that. But like, they're not, <laughs> not fucking stupid. And of course they've had that. <laughs> of course they've thought about it. Just like he's killed other members of their family. There is no reason to believe he's not going to kill them. Um, so, it's, you know, <laughs> you do what no. any reasonable person would at that point and defend yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do often wonder, though, what we do if we were over here, because, like, Americans have guns. Yeah. We're making no statement of that whatsoever. Uh, what would we do? Like, what would we... Everyone, their mums is packing around here. Yeah, and that's the thing. Farmers. These are characters with guns. You know, yeah, we see them yeah. with guns, hunting. So, yeah. like, for them to be like, okay, I need to defend myself, and I have the means to do that, that's very, like, entrenched in... American like culture in certain yeah, areas yeah, and where they are, it would be you know the need to defend yourself. It would come to mind. Well, I said, and I don't feel like we have that cultural thing in the UK as much. It's like having the means to defend yourself in that way. It's I don't know. It's more like a don't get yourself in shit <laughs> rather than anything else. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, we have slightly different yeah laws and stuff, don't we? In that respect, but. Um, yeah, uh, I know that very strange not. I think um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think um, you, uh, have you got anything else you wanted to go? I mean, I think we pretty much we've dived well into that, to be fair. I think um, we have. I think we have. I think we've pretty much it's said one of those, everything. Sorry, yeah, it's one of those reviews where I uh, I think, my God, I've actually done a decent review for once rather than just a ramble fest. I've actually jumped into it and done a good uh, Done a good, uh, like in you know, can't even think of the word. There you go, doing it already. Um, so would you, <laughs> would you, you lost like, it, uh, lost the magic? I know, I know, god damn, I was doing so well. Uh, would you, <laughs> would yeah, would you like to tell everybody, um, where they can find you and what your podcast is all about? Of course, so the I... shameless plug, the bit we all love, all podcasters love this bit. I love to we do love it, it, yeah. It's just fun, yeah. So I'm uh, Sarah from Weird Horizon, and I do um, podcasts about weird and strange topics. And I have taken a bit of a break at the moment, but I'm going to be back on a new topic soon, which is vampires, because I'm just on a bit of a vampire thing at the moment. And us watching the trailers for that fucking film that they're not <laughs> distributing in the UK put me in oh yeah the one we did the preview it yourself about <laughs> and they're not actually releasing it over here and it's on my logo yeah. and everything yeah i know i don't i feel like an idiot yeah uh, but it put me on a vampire thing so i'm doing i'm halfway through i'm like writing at the moment um a long series on um the history of vampires so if you like stuff like that i said just search me as weird horizon and you will find me like i said i'm on a bit of a break now but i am i'm coming back You've got episodes to go. You've got episodes to go back through, though. You can ca- use this time mm-hmm. when Sarah's off to catch up. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> listen to uh, the one because spoiler, there's going to be some overlap. So I would go listen to the history of witches, um, and then 
And then we'll talk about vampires. I'm really annoyed that that film is not being distributed, but I hope I know. I know. they're going to put it on streaming at least, and then we can do something, talk aren't about they? it. I don't think I have to do something, aren't they? They did um, really good. They really, I know, I know. They really bigged that film up. <laughs> it got panned a little bit, but that that makes me think it's good because <laughs> my yeah. I work that way. Like if if the main if like if the main like critics are like oh it's not great, I'm like well it probably is good. <laughs> like I don't, don't yeah. ask me why I think like that. I just horror do. horror never really gets reviewed very fairly. No. I find no. like there's a very really specific kind of horror that the reviewers like and then everything else just gets panned so there's not really any point listening to reviews on horror especially something like that where it's like a vampire base they're not gonna like it are they no definitely not but i definitely. will yeah and so will i um yep yeah, you're listening to review it yourself the podcast with the sigh no politics no pandering absolutely no point you can find us on Twitter. It's at yourself review. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Uh, no, it's not. At yourself review. Yes, it is. Um, it's too late now. I've gone. My head's gone. We're also on Instagram. It's review it yourself podcast 2021. And um, uh, we've not long since celebrated two years of the podcast, over 250 episodes, many, many, many amazing guests, to be fair. Um, I'm only just recently realizing how amazing my guests are uh and that they keep coming back like sarah bless them um they really must have nothing else going on to come back and talk to me uh <laughs> and again thank you to to you the audience for listening because as someone who listens to the odd podcast myself it's a lot of your own time to give up uh, i often listen in the car you know i drive safely out there uh put your belt on don't want any jar accidents uh oof. yeah okay um at that, yeah, yeah. Clunk, click every trip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cheers, everyone. Thanks, Sarah. Get it in, get it on, and enjoy the vlog. Welcome to Film Vloggers. Oh, harder, Daddy. The only film review podcast, thankfully, that poses the question, does watching this film feel like flogging a dead horse? There he is, beating that dead horse! Introducing your hosts. First up, her Irish potty mouth turns the air a whole new shade of blue. It's Fiona. Say hello, Fiona. And why the f*** is Dan Mackers doing our intro? I'm what we called. That's great. It's great. She's adorable. And your second host needs no introduction. The man, the myth, the legend. Like, I said I'd do this. I said I'd do this for you. I'm not reading this. It's the guy who waffles too much. It's Ben. Cooey! I'm making waffles. So what are you waiting for? Grab your whip, mount your dead horse, and let's get on with the flog, shall we?